Hey, are you here? <laughs> I know that you're here, and let me start by expressing our respect and gratitude for your decision to tune in tonight, today, this morning, to the Paul Leslie Hour. Thank you. You know, these interviews we curate and broadcast are little snapshots in time. They're sound portraits of people who have created something special. The guests are people who have captured the attention and appreciation and imagination of your host, Paul Leslie. Now, sometimes these people have passed away. On this episode, we present our interview with the late Barbara Cook. It was a very magical moment when she called in to chat for a few minutes. Broadway legend Barbara Cook. She talked about her life as a singer, as an actress and recording artist. Barbara Cook discussed her favorite songwriters and her album, You Make Me Feel So Young. What a great song. Barbara was one of those rare singers to receive acclaim all the way into her 80s. Barbara Cook was especially known for her interpretations of the songs written by theater legend Stephen Sondheim. We have many interviews like this, all worthy of being heard. If you would, please consider supporting our efforts by going to www.thepaulleslie.com slash support and we thank you for helping independent media. Hey, I think it's about time. Let's listen together. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a great pleasure and honor that we welcome our special guest, Barbara Cook. Well, hello, Paul. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for making the time to do this. Oh, I'm happy to do it. My first question, who is the real Barbara Cook? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Who is the real Barbara Cook? Well, that's quite a big question. How much time have you got? <laughs> I'm, I don't know. You know, I think we're all a lot of different people, don't you? And as you get older, you realize that you've been many different people during your lifetime. I think that's true. We change. I don't know who am I. I guess I've been trying to figure that out my whole life, tell you the truth. That's quite a big question, Paul. Well, you're definitely a great singer. Well, do you know who you are? I mean, come on, that's a big question. I think I'm an inquisitive guy. <laughs> oh, that me too. That's a good one. I have tremendous curiosity about everything, which is why my house is usually a wreck, why I bought my Kindle, because... I finally decided I could not bring one more book into this house. Of course, I just did. But that's why I finally broke down and got a Kindle, so I don't have so many books lying around. That sounds like my house. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, what was life like growing up? It was difficult. I'm in the midst of writing my memoir. So my father and mother split up when I was about six years old, and we went to live, my mother and I went to live with with her mother, and it was a very crowded situation because my mother's three sisters were still at home, so we were all living in three close little rooms, and that part of it was not very pleasant, and 
And I missed my father, so it was not the easiest childhood in the world. What did you think the first time you were in New York City? Oh, my Lord. I was 12 years old. I came to New York with a school group from Atlanta. We went to Washington and New York, and we came to, for the World's Fair, right? And in 1939. Is that right? Yeah. So I was 12 years old. Actually, I must have been 11 because my birthday is October, and I think we came in the summertime. So I guess I was 11. It was my almost 12th birthday. And I saw my first Broadway musical for the first time. I remember being very impressed with that. It was called The Hot Mikado. And it was a version of, of Gilbert and Sullivan's Mikado that was all black company with Bill Bojangles Robinson was starring. And very impressed. In fact, I couldn't wait to get back. And, and when I finally got to New York in 1948, there was never a question in my mind that I was going to stay in New York. No question whatsoever. How did you feel the first time you performed on Broadway? How did I feel? Well, I was of two minds. I was, of course, very excited. And generally, by the time you open on Broadway, you are very well rehearsed and have a pretty good idea of what you're doing, unless they change things at the very, very last minute. And I'm sure I was nervous and excited and thrilled. Thrilling, my God. Broadway, wow. About changing. Ethel Merman used to have a phrase in her contract saying that two weeks before a show opened, not one word, not one note was to be changed. She said, I don't know whether you like it or not, just call me. Just call me Miss Birdseye. This show is frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Something that I've noticed that you do in a lot of your performances and you also do in the liner notes is you make a point of crediting the songwriter. Oh, yeah. A lot of people do that, I think. When they do a, an act, it gives you something to talk about, for one thing. And, of course, you want to be sure that you give credit to these guys. Pretty, pretty big stuff, you know. We, we have really wonderful, wonderful history in this country of great, great songwriters. The new album is called You Make Me Feel So Young. And right. I must say it has some of the greatest songwriters that you've performed renditions of their songs. Who do you think the best songwriters are? Oh, my Lord. Well, of course, right now, there's Stephen Sondheim, and nobody touches Stephen. He, there's nobody quite like what Stephen does. I do sing a song, one of Stephen Sondheim's songs on this album, and it's called... Live Alone oh, and Live Like Alone It. And like It, it's called. It has a really wonderful kind of swing melody. You know, so many people used to say, I hope not as many anymore, so many people used to say that Stephen Sondheim can't write melody. Well, that's just outrageous because he's written some really, really great melodies, including Live Alone and Like It. You know? Now, that's Stephen Sondheim. Great, great song. Yeah, it is. Is it possible to pick a favorite song from You Make Me Feel So Young? Well, there's one in particular that I think is awfully good. It's a really, really swing song, swing number. I did this album with the help of Lee Musiker, who most of the time works with Tony Bennett, but I love it when I can get him. 
and he plays piano on here, and, and we put this this thing together, this particular show, we put it together together. He does some great piano playing on This Can't Be Love. It's an old song most people would be familiar with. We really swing the hell out of that song. I think people will really enjoy Lee. My God, he just plays like crazy on this thing. Absolutely. One of the songs that I had never heard before, and that's the great thing about listening to different records, is sometimes you get exposed to a song you haven't heard before, is the Frim Fram Sauce. Yo, you didn't know that one. I didn't know that one, but I'm glad that's I got to hear one. it. That's good, isn't it? Yeah. It's fun. Tell me about that one. And, well, you never heard me play the kazoo before either, too, I guess. It just occurred to me to, to do a a kazoo chorus in that one. Well, I don't know. I think the first time I heard it, God, I don't remember because it's an old song. But most recently, I would say maybe years ago, I heard, oh, God, what's her name? What's her name? The um, pianist? Diana Krall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diana Krall. Heard Diana Krall do it. And I thought, boy, that's a good one. I put that away in my, you know, I made a, I have this list of songs and I put that in the list to do sometime. So I pulled that out. She's really good, I think. I have to agree. I always like to read liner notes because sometimes you find out something interesting. And I did not know that Frank Sinatra had ever written any songs. I know so many of the great songs that he's recorded, but you record a song on this album. It's called I'm a Fool to Want You, which a lot yeah. of people know. Tell us about that song. Well, it's the one that I've known about for a long time, but I never knew, I never heard ever that Frank Sinatra ever wrote anything. There are three names on the sheet music. There's Frank Sinatra, and his manager's name, oddly enough, is on the music. Now, this is what I was told. Um, his manager's name and his accompanist. So it's hard to know how this song came about. I was told that the words are mostly, at least, by Sinatra, and they were written at a time when he was having a difficult time with Ava Gardner and heart was broken. It's a beautiful, beautiful song, I think. Are you more attracted to the lyrics or the melodies of a song? Uh, generally, the lyrics, but occasionally... I can be, uh, you know, I can be interested in a melody, but then when I hear the words, see these words, they have to be something I can stand behind. They have to be something that I feel comfortable saying. If a song says, this is a terrible world and it's all that stuff, I don't sing it because I don't think the world is terrible. See what I mean? Right. I try to keep honest about all this stuff. There's a song, it's not from this album, but I had to ask about this because I just love this song. It's a duet you did. E.Y. Harburg did the lyrics to it. You do a duet with Barry Manilow, Look to the Rainbow. Oh, yeah. What do you think That's about it. Barry? Well, I'll tell you. The one thing that people, maybe they do see this, he is a really, really good, sweet guy. He's a very spiritual, sweet man. And he's been so wonderful to me in the past. He's a terrific guy, and I love his work. There's a song on your latest album, You Make Me Feel So Young. Maybe came as a, a surprise to some people, but it, it managed to make a good recording. And you recorded John Lennon's Imagine. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful song. It's one I've loved for ages. I've never done... Well, it's, this is not already a Beatles song in this case. It, it's Lennon's song alone after he left the Beatles. It's a beautiful, beautiful melody. And I think what it says is even more important for us now than it was when the song was written. 
a number of years ago. I sing it more slowly than than I've heard it before, and people really, I think, really hear the lyric in a new way this time. I hope so. What qualifies a song to make you want to record it or perform it? Well, again, it has to say something I want to say and hopefully have an interesting or beautiful melody. And that's about it. Mainly, I think you have to choose songs very carefully. At least I do. I choose them very carefully because I'm going to be standing up there saying these words. And I'm not up there as a character. I'm up there as Barbara Cook. Now, people know I didn't write these songs. Don't get me wrong. It's got to be, the words have to be something that I feel I can stand behind and get up there and sing. You see what I mean? Right. Now, you mentioned that you're in the process of writing your memoir. What has that experience been like for you? It's been rather difficult. Well, first of all, I'm not a writer. It's hard to make myself sit down and write. But also, there's a lot of sadness and unpleasant things in my childhood, and it's hard to write about. It's just emotionally difficult. On the flip side, then, what is the best thing about being Barbara Cook? Oh, my word. The best thing? Well, I'm really, really fortunate. I have good health. I was 84 yesterday, for goodness sake. Every time I say that, I feel like I'm talking about somebody else. I'm in quite good health, and I'm still doing what I love to do. And fortunately, people are still coming to see me do it. It's a really, really great thing. I'm very, very fortunate. When somebody listens to a recording you made or when they see you in concert, what do you hope the listener gets out of the experience? Well, I like to move people. I like to make them laugh and make them cry. I always want to be moved. Don't you? When you, when you go to the theater, or, you know, I want somebody to engage me and, and interest me, and I hope, that's what I, I hope that's what I do. My last question, for anyone who's listening to our broadcast, what would you like to say to all the people who are tuning in? <laughs> you have these great big questions. What would I like to say? Let's all be nice to each other. Let's all be good to one another. Simple but very sound advice. Yep. Well, Miss Cook, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you very much. Same here. I've enjoyed the record. Oh, good. I'm glad. Thank you. All right. You have a so good long, day. Paul. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, the entertainer. Written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour. <laughs>